Miguelito! Buenas, friends. This is his sound purchase with Senor Stepan, Senor Jake. Keep it locked. That's what I'm talking about. Adios. Keep it locked. Jake. He's back. He was down. He was out. But nothing defeats him. He's back. Return of the... Jake. Hello there. Uh, hello there. Uh, General Stefani, you are a bold one. We've had um, good feedback on General Egregious recently. Oh, really? People, my dad, like us, wigging out about <laughs> <laughs> General Egregious. Love how, yeah, it's like no hesitation there. People, it's my dad. It's my dad. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, we, we've had a few bits of contact here and there, here and there. But, um, nice. I mean, that's me and my dad still, but, you know, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, look, we're talking about a band very near and dear to my heart today. Mm-hmm. And last time we did this, I believe it was the Midnight Oil episode. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a, roughly a calendar year ago. <laughs> and it's taken me this long to reintroduce you to another band. This is probably a bad time to introduce a rule that I've, I'm bringing in. Oh, yeah? Every time you you bring up a kind of almost semi-obscure New Zealand band to bring onto the uh, podcast, I'm automatically declaring it not a sound purchase. Oh. What have I got if I haven't <laughs> got a New Zealand obscure band? Literally any other country. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, here I thought this was going to be it for you. Like, this was going to be the one. <laughs> uh, it's just a rule I'm bringing in because I looked through your list and I've noticed there's, there's just too many. <laughs> oh, it's roughly once every fortnight, right? As in, like, once every second choice for me. I'm pretty sure, like, there's a run of it where there's it's just pretty no, constant. I, I honestly, I try to keep it one not, one yes. One not, one yes. Some would say that's still too much. Oh, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> the thing is, Jake, I grew up in New Zealand. We're talking about Supergroove. I'm not even going to bother to try and explain Supergroove. Music.net.nz <laughs> summed up so perfectly in their opening paragraph on the band. Here's my best, uh, my best exaggerated Kiwi. Oh, no, I'm beached, bro. Well, to translate Supergroove into words is not an easy task. A volatile concoction of soul, rap, funk, combined with a highly extroverted stage performance, Supergroove are a visual and aural explosion that leave all who have seen them ecstatic. Nice. I disagree, though. I think you can sum them up with words. Uh, A, they've just done it. B, white boy funk. (laughs) I hate you. I hate you. I hate your oh come on! It is. That's not a bad thing. There's plenty of good white boy, white, white boy funk bands. Look at Jamiroquai. This, back when they were good. Well, this would have been around the same time as traveling. Is it traveling without moving? 1994. Mm, yeah, about the same time. Yeah, Supergroove. They were Shay Ness or Shay Fu on the vocals. Carl Stephen vocals, keyboards, harmonica, and songwriting. Ben. Siasia? How are we spelling it? S C I A S C I A. Oh, 
Right, yeah, that's yeah. A, that's a name. Uh, Skiasia. I think it's like Skia, Skia. Yeah. <laughs> skia, skia. Uh, <laughs> okay, uh, Joe Loney, who we've mentioned previously on this podcast as the director of all of the wonderful Good Shirt videos. Mm. He is playing the bass and also doing all of the songwriting. Tim Stewart playing some trumpet. Nick Atkinson on the saxophone. And Paul Russell on the drums. Nice. Fun fact for you, Paul Russell left like almost immediately after this record. And he was replaced by another drummer, obviously. Obviously. Um, Obviously. But... Apparently, I used to work with that drummer's mum oh, at nice. a BP garage. She was actually originally from Liverpool. Oh, less nice. Less nice. Yeah. You know. Anyway. Before we crack on, I just want to uh, mention today's sponsor. Uh, oh. So today, not Audi, the cool, refreshing taste of 1897, legally distinct from Cronenberg mm. 1664. Today, uh, sponsored by Steinhauser, another Audi classic. So once again, Audi. Hit us up. Nice. Steinhaus is a really cool name. <laughs> They're really powerful. It sounds like an Arnie villain, doesn't it? Exactly. I was Why thinking are you doing Hauser. Steinhauser. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay, well, uh, Supergroove. They met at high school. They were all kids at high school. When they were roughly 19 or 20, they recorded this record. So let's just put that into comparison. These guys are 19, 20 years old, and they've recorded this record. That's, despite your white boy funk feelings, it's still pretty good. That's not bad. It's not bad. It far superseded their expectations. And not only is this one of the most important and formative albums in my life, but it also went like triple platinum. Yeah, nice. So their first ever record, bam, platinum. And uh, they imploded. Very, very quickly <laughs> after that. Yeah, well, I mean, the drummer leaving straight away. I mean, that's... Uh, like, people leaving as soon as you've released something tends to be a sign of uh, yeah. not good things to come, doesn't it? Well, and we'll get more on to people leaving in a minute. Did you do any reading up on them? Not really, no, cool. no. So I've got, I've got some bombshells to drop on you very quickly. Ooh, okay, right. But first, let's talk about the producer. It was produced by Malcolm Wellsford, who is a prominent producer from NZ. He's produced She Hard, Zed, The Feelers, friends of the show as well, uh, Neil and Tim Finn. Separately. Not together, though. It's also worth noting that the album was recorded at his York Street Studios in Auckland, which is owned by Wellsford, and Jazz Coleman from Killing Joke. I mean, I'm, I'm also more partial to like some of their earlier stuff. Uh, yeah. No, nah, I'm joking. That's a great album. It is. It's on the list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, my dad bought this CD at the Sounds Music Store in Pakaranga, Westfield Mall. He bought it for, uh, I've still got the price on it, twenty four ninety five. That's almost 12 full pounds, or it is more than 12 full pounds. These days, yeah. These days. I remember the day he bought it because I was in a mood. I was doing that real childish thing of just like whatever my dad wanted. I was like, no, don't like it. Don't like it. I think he goes, I'm going to get this. And I said, what's that? And he goes, Supergroove. And I was like, oh, I hate Supergroove because I actually wanted to get him to get another <laughs> album instead. And it was probably 
tracking the time. It was probably around the time of Nickelback. Oh, oh. Yeah. Oh. And I was dirty. way into Silver Side Up. That was dirty, dirty That was my thing. No, I, I, well, I like Nickelback. I'll stand by them. I went to see them live. They opened for the Rolling Stones. They were almost better than the band themselves. So, you know. I mean, I can believe that because I, I don't like the Rolling Stones, but Nickelback, you're wrong. Look, look it up. Yeah. Nickelback will come up later. The often <laughs> talked about Scar Band was actually more of like a super groove light. We definitely were white boy funk without any of the chops. Um, <laughs> and we wound up covering two songs off this record in our little five-year kind of career. You Freak Me and You Gotta Know. We made some waves with our cover of You Freak Me so much that Shay Fu asked to meet us at soundcheck of one of his shows. Yeah, neat. Because apparently he had heard about some like 15-year-old trying to do white boy funk and uh, covering one of his songs. And he was like, cool. It also helped that our manager was promoting the show as well. So, ah, neat. You right. know. Yeah. But that's just, that's just a mere footnote. So the album debuted at number one on the New Zealand chart, quickly reached platinum sales. But here's where the bombshell comes. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. So in spite of this, in spite of all the success, the band sacked Shea Fu and Tim Stewart. That's a, that's a big sacking. Yeah. So one of the front men and the trumpet player. Yeah. yeah. It's like when they got Navarro in. No. You know. All right, Jake, Jake, Jake. You're fired. <laughs> so they sacked him because they, they'd just come back from touring Europe, mainly England, and they were wanting to move more towards an alt-rock sound. And okay. Shafu especially was the one bringing all the soul and funk influence and the hip-hop. Mm. So basically, they got back to New Zealand. They said, hey, Shay. You're fired. And then a week later, he was number one on the charts with a solo release that he'd done. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then he's had like mega New Zealand success. I mean, it's that classic world famous in New Zealand sort of situation. Is he effectively New Zealand's answer to Peter Gabriel then? Um, I wouldn't go that far. But yes. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. No, he, uh, he, released his own album and that went absolutely huge. So much so that I actually, I knew of Shea Fu before I knew of the band. Oh, really? Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, it was right around the time when I was getting to that point I was listening to, you know, music TV. So the band released one more album before splitting up. They did, however, reform briefly to tour New Zealand, opening for the legendary Crowded House. And if you didn't think that these two bands went together, you'd be wrong because I was at one of the shows and it was fantastic. Did Crowded House go a bit white boy funk? Well, the stage was wiped with Crowded House by Supergroup. Supergroup were amazing. They were just like, think of like the be- one of the best bands you've seen live in terms of like just raw energy. Mm. And these middle-aged white boys were just funking it up. It was brilliant. It was so good. Nice. Uh, my mum took me that to that show. Cheers, cheers, Mama Map. Thanks, Mum. So obviously they reformed only briefly. They did no recording. It was just a touring thing. They got inducted into the New Zealand Music Hall of Fame, blah, blah, blah. And they cemented their status as a top Kiwi party band. There you go. Very nice. To date, Traction 
has shifted 70,000 units, which is not much by UK standards, but by New Zealand standards, that's a lot. For a good portion of my life, you know, it's almost a quarter of the New Zealand population. No, it's not. (laughs) That's so not. That's so not. (laughs) Wait, hang on. I thought you said it went platinum, though. Yeah. Isn't platinum like a million units? New Zealand platinum, mate. Okay. <laughs> so now, New Zealand platinum, it's not quite good enough for uh, everywhere else. So, Well, I mean, to be fair, no, the thing is, like, there's 65 million people living in this country alone. So 70,000 yeah. units by any stretch is not actually that much by pure comparison. In New Zealand, when I was growing up, there's like four and a half people. Mm-hmm. And yet I still thought that 70,000 was almost a quarter. <laughs> Good thing you don't teach math, so. Oh, so good. Anyway, shall we have a listen? Let's have a listen. Aww. Where does a drive-in in a car? Destination drug dealer's bar. Pass the mic right over to Charles. We forgot Charles. number one, is Scorpio Girls. Now, the track begins with a really artistic recreation of a stomp performance. Not my favourite opening kind of opening to a record, but what a song. Oh, yeah, man. Well, it's, it's a great opening track. It's uh, yeah, obviously very um, 80s, Cool 80s hair, metal. Yeah. It's very Sum 41. Do you know, you, you say that, I was thinking it's like Run DMC. It's tricky, you know, Walk This yeah, Way. that's that sort of, or is it, who did the song with Anthrax? Oh. Um, was that Public Enemy? I think that was Public Enemy, yeah. Yeah. You know, that kind of metal meets hip-hop. Well, it, for me, it's, it's sort of, I'm getting to this in a bit, but it's where they, they have that sort of panned, the Sum 41 Spider-Man song. 
Oh, yeah. What we're all about. <laughs> what the vocals are like. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, they uh, follow the stomping with screaming, feedback, and just hair metal goodness. Now that is a killer riff. Mm. Yeah, and it's followed sure. by some little tweedly bits on the dusty end of the neck. Kind of buried in there a bit. Yeah, a little bit. But, you know, enough to notice. There's obviously one guitarist who's like, no, no, we're just going to go over to you and just turn you down a little bit. I'm just yeah. Turn. Well, they only had one guitar. It was uh, Skia Skia. Ah, Skia Skia. <laughs> so, yeah, it's definitely layered. But uh, it's followed by the bass giving us a counting before the groove settles. And I always like this. I know when the groove's coming because the bass tells me. Cowbell, baby. Brilliant. I totally imagine that Paul Russell, drummer Paul Russell, has got like the Juan cowbell foot pedal thing going because <laughs> there's so much cowbell going. They've actually hired What's-His-Face from um, Blue Oyster Cult just to come in. And, Quite uh, possibly. Yeah. I can't remember what his name was. It's not I Dean Parmesan. Don't blow this for us, Gene! Could be, could be so selfish, Gene. Finally, the intro is done and they've already bring the party vibe with some call and response vocals. Five notes for the intro alone. Not bad. Five clips. <laughs> it's a pretty awesome intro. <laughs> so this song, I think, needs to enter the conversation for best intro. Like, just, just enter, you know. I mean, it can go through the, revol- the the same revolving door that they all come through. Goes in, <laughs> sees Black Shuck, and straight back out again. If it if it had a snappier like start, with, if you took out all the stomp, I think it would be up there. It'd be a slower revolving door. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Okay, all right. I'm um, I'm happy with that. So there's a texture drop for the verse, the bass tone deluxe, and we're singing from, well, possibly a royal family member's perspective. I used to think that was, well, I used to think that it was one as in O-N-E and then T-O-O. She is a nice girl and she is one too. But actually, Mm -hmm. they're spelling 12, one two. Oh, oh. (laughs) Let's play that once more. Oh dear. Yeah. Well, let's not talk about sweaty nonce. Uh, sorry, sweatless nonces. Um. <laughs> okay. Fantastic call and response from the vocals and the guitar. Love it. Love it. I just, I wish I was in the room just to hear the pure power coming out of that amplifier. Thing is, as well, it's probably one of those cases where he was just like, they were just playing the track back and he just did it and they're like, Yes. Yeah, they all stopped and looked at it and just went, yes. The chorus might reference the title of the song, but I'm not sure if you caught what the song is called. Scorpio, Orpio, Orpio. It works. Yeah. Verse two has some added horns along with just the balls out bass. It's Randy 
walking down the street with his wheelbarrow <laughs> singing Buffalo Soldier, you know. <laughs> I do like that uh, that scream as well. Yeah. The bridge. Simple, but kind of effective. No. Yeah. yeah. Works. Brings in some space. Much needed. Yeah. yeah. Some more, obviously, cowbell groove going on there as well. That foot's just not getting any rest. Verse three has some excellent vocals. Lyrics. I just, I just simply love it. I like it. There's another BV in the background, and I used to mistake this for my own father calling out my name. I would pause it on the CD and like scream out, like the kid uh, from the Michael Jackson video. Sounds like this. Do you hear the? Oh, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I and I, I, I kid you not, it sounds just like my dad screaming out my name. <laughs> yeah, and the amount of times I've literally like paused the thing and just been calling out to nobody, going, "What? What?" Anyway, yeah. And uh, well, there we have it. There we have it. We end on another chorus riff, but before we see this one out. What you got? Well, I mentioned the, the opening and the Sum 41s and the big scream. And I, I was just going to ask, what's with the vocoder at the end? <laughs> Is there a vocoder? Yeah, there's a vocoder. Do you ever pick up on the vocoder? It's just like, odd choice. I'll, odd choice. I'll have to listen to it again. I mean, I'm usually in a state of complete euphoria by now. Because <laughs> not only do we finish off this song, which has been a rip-roaring song, we then head into the next song, which is just even more white boy funk than this. Well, that, well this wasn't... Uh, this was not white boy funk at all. Oh, it's pretty this groovy was, though. It's groovy, but it's not white boy funk. I don't know. The drums are pretty funky. I think it's... The next track is where we start to get like the Lars snare. <laughs> well, I, all I'm going to say, just before we finish this one off, is I, I got this uh, recently on vinyl. They did a repressing... Well, first pressing, actually. I was so pleased that... You remember we talked about this because I ordered it a month after Waves. Did Waves come through yet? Now, that's a whole different story that I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you <laughs> after this little excursion. So I put it on and my lovely wife hears this song and she's like, instantly, nope, don't like it. So therefore, Super Groove's like written off. That's it. No more Super Groove. And I'm like, but you will love these other songs. This does not represent the band. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So Waves, yes, Waves did arrive. This past weekend, our Waves episode came out and I was listening to it and I was listening to myself brag about how I got the special edition with the 7-inch and all this. Mm. So I did receive the Waves album about two weeks ago. We just It was like the day after we did the Bombay Bicycle Club. Okay. Right. Waves final actually showed up because we were still on Waves Watch by, by that point. And so I opened it up. And there's no seven inch. It's like, okay. okay, cool. And then I flip it over and it's like, oh, this is just a regular artwork. Haven't I got, I thought I bought like a bonus 10th anniversary edition, hmm. blah, blah, blah. So I emailed them and I'm like, oh, look, 
you know, this is no problem. I love this album. I, you know, all of this. I'm not really searching for it, but I, this is what I wanted kind of thing. And I sent mm. an email back going, oh, that's been out of stock for ages and we've been meaning to get it off Bandcamp, but uh, yeah, <laughs> we haven't. <laughs> um, <laughs> basically, so you can choose another 7-inch if you want and we'll send you another 7-inch. I was thinking, that's, that's, that's pretty, not pretty... bad of them. Yeah, Fat Possum this is. Not bad of them, but you know, I never listen to 7-inches. You know, I'm no. not overly interested in 7-inches. So I just thought, I'll, I'll go for a bit of a cheeky, you know, like, well, would you be able to refund me? And I forgot to put the difference because <laughs> I paid for the special edition, which was like $24, and they sent the standard edition, which was like $17. So, and I thought that, and they refunded me the whole thing. Oh, well, well, fair play. Yeah, good on them. Good yeah. on them. Well, you can use it to buy another record from them. That was the vocoder, the Scorpio. I think there's a bit more throughout, but yeah, it is yeah, at yeah. the end. That as weird well. robot. Yeah. yeah, okay. Oh, I always like that. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Track to your white boy funk shirt. The intro, do you know what? <laughs> okay. So now, funny you say all this because literally, my first note, the intro is a masterclass on white boy funk. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, it's fuzz bass with a like a, a dropped in slap bass. This is gonna lose me some kudos with bass players across the world, but that particular popping sound, like you know, you bat, get the slap and pop. Bat, yeah. But it's quite a popular pop sound. I can't stand it. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know there's just something about it just feels a bit too I don't know. I've never really got the whole playing bass as a percussion instrument thing. It's like if I wanted to play percussions, I'd buy a fucking drum. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I mean, you are one of the more melodic bass players. Ah, oh, he's yeah. he's star. But no, it is it is a great bass sound though, like that oh. fuzz tone and like it's so, so thick and like it's some balls uh, to it. Yeah, stingray. And yeah, the fuzzy with the overdub slap bass, the sixteenth strumming on the guitar. It's brilliant. It's everything that I've ever wanted in a band. I'm not going to lie. Everything <laughs> that I've modelled my entire musical career on is basically this song. Well, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. It's followed by the classic two-loop structure, thickening the texture on the second loop with some added horns. The verse nice. has really tasty face. Face buzz, fuzz bass. Face buzz. <laughs> uh, and a much more simplified guitar line. Like this is just this is just my playing all over. It's like a dirty Corey Wong. Well, if you couldn't afford a compressor, that one that fateful day in the uh, guitar shop, they didn't have the compressor pedal. So, but instead they gave him like a, a, a yeah. Marshall Governor or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically. And um, how good do the vocals sound? Let's play it once more. I think this is the, the point where I was like, oh, this is very, in my head, like a more full-on Jamiroquai. 
that's what I've put. Mm. You're fired. Well, you're supposed to say, you're supposed to say, um, yeah, the vocals sound brilliant. Then it's like, bam, he's fired. You know. What? I don't, I don't get it. Because they sacked him after the record. That's a tenuous bit. Well, if it's tenuous, buckle up, buttercup. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> we got we got a few of these. Oh, let's just say I acquired a video file that was every Donald Trump you're fired off The Apprentice. Is it all Donald? Did you get any of Alan? Oh, it's not all Donald. No, I didn't. Alan Sugar. Well, Alan's back, isn't he? Oh, come on now. The one I can't find is any of the Arnold Apprentice. I've, was he on it? He was the host after Donald Trump became president. Ah. Yeah. Yes, he and was. Then he got in a big pissing contest with Donald Trump on Twitter. Mm. And uh, basically, he himself got fired. Or you're fired! Anyway, okay, so the vocals sound good too, don't they, Jake? Yeah, they're right. You're fired. Okay, <laughs> there's some more expert layering with a, I feel like it's a harmonica by Carl Stevens, but it might actually just be the saxophone. And let's not forget the most boss lyric ever. Streeter. Love that. Oh, Jake, there's fantastic singing in the chorus. And the horns do this like little crescendo into a harmony, which is quite tidy. And I just want to take a minute to appreciate the groove here, the guitar line, the harmonica, here it comes, and the bass providing all of the harmonic movement. Funky, funky. Funky fresh. Here we go. Harmonica? Could be, but like you say, it could be the sax. Yeah. It's kind of hard to tell. It's not um, got enough dirt on it to be the harmonica, but then it's not got enough body to be the sax. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but I bet they could have EQ'd it or something. Yeah. Uh, so Shay Fu just does this brilliant little development on the melody where he brings in some some soul power. And the breakdown is horns being real groovy with some 90s radio tone vocals. And let's not forget the clap backbeat, though. It all covers up in this one. Those horns sound amazing, don't they? But I ask you this question again, Jake, and it's not about the vocals this time. Mm. But how good does it sound when the groove actually drops back in again? It sounds like it should be a big crescendo to end the song. I love it. That gets me going. Sounds Just big. The, the way, yeah, the way that it's in the horn break, I don't know, they've done something to the EQ where it's like, it just doesn't quite sound right. Mm. But then when the full band drops back in, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, that sounds better. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It was, it's, it's probably where they, like, they've mixed it to sit in the mix and then they've just not bothered to... Yeah. change the, the way it had been EQ'd and stuff. Exactly. And the ending is just this wonderful horn and guitar trio. It's fantastic. Do you have notes before we hear this? The only other thing I've put is 
very university slash college funk as well as white boy funk. <laughs> yep. I can already feel the tears for me. The other thing I want to say, actually, I do think those horn, that ending horn part was originally written for like big rocking guitars. And then someone points out, well, we should probably let the uh, horn guys have a go. <laughs> yeah. We can't do it live otherwise. Maybe that's why uh, Tim Stewart got sacked. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he put his foot down and he's like, I want to play it. <laughs> yeah. But, but there's only one of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, the next song is Gotta Know, You Gotta Know, the remix. I've never heard You Gotta Know without being the remix. The intro features a slap bass sample and vocals all the while dripping in not really radio tone, but more like a vinyl tone. And this was right as uh, CDs were seemingly kind of placing the fatal blow into the sale of vinyl. So it was it was kind of cool that this was only on CD, but it sounded like a vinyl, if you know what I mean. And of course, mm. the the fatal blow. Finish him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, how the turntables. Uh. Yeah, exactly. The verse begins with a real hiss and a roar. Once again, Jake, there's strong vocals. You're fired. Amazing guitar tone and full blown horns. It's it's incredible. Now I'm going to be diplomatic here with you. <laughs> the vocals don't do it for me. <laughs> I've I've got to say, what just Carl Stevens' vocals? Just in general, to be honest with you. You don't you in don't like track. the double vocals? Not really. No. Well, that's that's a shame because my next note, the best part of the verse for me <laughs> is the sharing of the vocals. <laughs> I think it might just be one of them, the, the one who's Probably not... Probably going to be Nasal Kiwi Carl. Yeah. He never really did it for me, but in researching this, I've got a lot more respect for the guy because he he produced the record, or he co-produced the record. He wrote all the songs. I always thought he was just the guy that had the big ego. I mean, he is, but he's also well the one who did all the work. Because he, <laughs> he became the sole frontman when they sacked Shea Fu. Okay. Is that what he's known as back home, nasal kiwi Carl? Well, let's just put it this way. If you didn't like his voice on this song, you probably wouldn't like that whole second album. Right, fair enough. Yeah. The chorus has some fantastic gang vocals that just, again, create this party vibe. A lot of hooping and hollering. The interplay between the two front men, once again, is just so very playful. It's a great bass line. Yeah, after the second chorus, we get into the rocky bit. And Skia Skia does his stuff. Love <laughs> how that's, uh, that's the one that's become a thing, with. yeah. Uh, on the on the rock guitar thing, it, it, yeah. it is cool. But the second time they do it, like towards the end, and they do that rock 
thing oh. before they go, oh, that is cheesy as... <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's what makes it so good. Um, the bass has some phenomenal melodic lines and fills. Ooh, Mark King making a little guest appearance there. <laughs> What's that? Is that the guy from 42, level 42? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and wait, here he comes. He's he's back for another one. <laughs> That's my favorite. So we finish with a chorus, some more rocky guitar. It's really cool. Even that the rock. rock. Part. Yeah. It's some brilliant. Liam pairings for that cheese on toast. That's, yeah. Uh... We've been doing this so long now, Jake, that you actually can guess the parts that I'm going to play. <laughs> and I sit there and go, Jake's going to hate this. <laughs> so I put it in there anyway. It's all right. Three songs down. We're steamrolling through this. Yeah, man. We're, we're on a roll. The next song is Bugs and Critters. Mm. Uh, this is a bit of a departure from the party vibes. The intro features what sounds like a melodic loop with some lo-fi drums. Very kind of ill-communication era Beastie Boys. Do you know what? And I, I would actually go for like a Paul's Boutique. Yeah, yeah, sort yeah. Sort of era, you know. But then I was thinking that's also kind of a bit trip-hoppy in a way. Hmm. You know. Anyway, the groove settles and bursts the song wide open, like Creed, with arms wide open. And there's too much flanger on that guitar. Yeah, that's that's fair. Some would say you can't have too much and they'd be wrong. Well, yeah, so they would be wrong because I'd just point them into the direction of general egregious Graham Cox and girls and boys. <laughs> Because, really. uh, yeah, the verse features Kiwi Carl singing in probably the most over-exaggerated Kiwi accent. I think even the producer like just had to bury him in the mix <laughs> a little bit. Just the old and justice for all, but instead of bass, it was the vocals. Yeah, well, Joe Loney's like, look, I am the king of this band, so like balls to the wall bass but you can bury the vocals mate the chorus has some really fun panned vocals once again very beastie boys yep and I think with the panning as well right? that's mm. very much a, their kind of thing yep the most interesting part of this track though is actually for me the bridge I'm glad you said that because I've I've said about the bridge yeah. Doing that almost kind of like that bad, bad, not good Ghostface Killer thing where it kind of is just like, oh, I thought that was a different song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And then when it comes back for that final chorus, you're like, wait, we... we oh, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. I kind of feel like they should have just had it as two separate short songs and not bothered with that final chorus, but... Yeah. Let's uh, let's hear it because Joe Loney's bass has really taken the lead in this in this bridge. Mm. So good, so dark. Mm. And then we just wind back up into a 
panned chorus and it's kind of very static and leads us out of the song. Mm. Yeah. Good vibes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Believe it or not, that wasn't my internet connection. <laughs> that was actually how they finished the song. The next song is Next Time. And all I'm going to say is uh, bass, bass, bass. Hey everyone, I'm Rick Beato. Everybody, I'm Rick Beato. Hey everybody, I'm Rick Beato. Hey everybody, I'm Rick Beato. Hi everyone, I'm Rick Beato. I mean, at what point do you have to tell a man that he's saying his name wrong? <laughs> yeah. Spelt Beato. Come on, man. And do you know what makes that? It's not actually the, the bass tone. It's the little ghost notes that he hits. It's what gives it all that groove. The intro begins to ramp up with the horns and guitar joining in. Love the, yeah. <laughs> just the scrape. Yeah, the thing I love with the whole, oh, the horns have changed the note, but the bass? Nah. 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 Not at all. Yeah. The intro comes to head and just ends huge. I just I love the drum fill, how it syncopates the vocals. Ah, mm. oh, he's a great drummer, man. He he is seriously good. And he left this band, started his own band. They had one song and then kind of disbanded. Ah. Although he was also the drummer on Shafu's solo record. As oh. well, afterwards, yeah. you know, after Shefu. So the verse has another strong vocal from Shefu. And credit to the guitar work from Skirt Skirt as well, because he's going for it. Jake's favorite moment of the song, I can I can tell you now is the mighty bass slide. <laughs> I mean, obviously all bass slides are good, but I feel like he's gone for a double dip bass slide there. And <laughs> it's gone up and back down. I'm not down. too sure on the double dip bass slide. I mean, it's, oh, no, come is it on. flying too close to the sun? No, I think it's like... Um, have you seen The Eternals? No. Okay, spoiler alert, Icarus like commit suicide by flying into the sun. And I think that's what Joe Loney's just done. He's gone, <laughs> you know, he sat there and just gone, you, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it and you can't stop me. He's dead now. Yeah. Too much bass slide. I, th- I think it's brilliant. I quite like the arrogance of it. Just like the, yeah. I think if you go around doing the double bass slide, people are going to start noticing that it's the secret source. And then... Once they start noticing it, it's like if you listen to a Muse record and you notice Matthew Bellamy inhaling. Once you've heard it once, it's everywhere and it ruins it all. <laughs> Has someone done a shreds of just him inhaling? <laughs> if not... Have we, we just found a new pet project? <laughs> yeah. Or like a supercut of all of like the James Hetfield, all of his years, all of Matt Bellamy's inhales. <laughs> do you know what though? If if we do Matt Bellamy inhaling, it's just going to sound like this. <laughs> 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 
because it's mind-boggling to you, yeah. Okay. Anyway, I I like the bass slide. The bass slide does it for me. Cream of the crop, you know. The band grooves away whilst Shafu kind of coughs into the mix. Outrageous. Verse 2 changes the lyric themes. It's not next time anymore. It's now... Clever, man. So clever. So clever. These super groove guys. They're so clever. This time, though, leading into the chorus, there's no bass line. Look, they're not overdoing it. Now there's just some EVH dive bomb guitar. Or wanging it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I always envision, uh, in, in, I can't even say it. I always picture <laughs> <laughs> that he's got his guitar and he's just literally holding it by the whammy bar, shaking it up and down. <laughs> There's a harmonic inversion in the bridge to get all technical because previously we've been going up, right? But now all of a sudden in the bridge, we've got up and now we're coming back down. So they've done like how they were talking about the future, but now the past. Oh, uh, and the so past, clever. it goes down because it's, but in the future, it was going, ah. So clever. Come on. I mean, that's, that's music concrete sort of stuff. You know, they come into a reintro anyway, and it's so, so ridiculously tight. You can tell these guys are, are a live band. Although you do hear, Shafu just ever so slightly like bite that next time. You listen really carefully. He comes in like fraction early and like just holds the <laughs> waiting for it. <laughs> Ready? <laughs> and that is the reason. You're all fire. Absolute disgrace. It's a good good last chord to end on. Yeah. Track number six. Don't look down. Mm. It's kind of one of those commands where it's like, don't look down. Why? I now I had I just have to look down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay, just the guitar tone. The just oh. both the guitar tones, like when the other one comes in as well. Mm. And the bass. They all just oh. sound like yeah. Oh. Do you remember a band called the Ernie's? Yeah, Ernie's. Uh, what songs? You'll probably know this. Ready? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> Whenever I was playing that game, when I heard that, that guitar sound, I, I appreciate they're not quite the same. There's some tenuous link in my mind of both of these songs being connected because of that guitar tone. Well, it's just big distorted guitar sound, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, the groove is a funktastic on this song. That's some proper, proper Saint Angus near. Oh yeah, and yet it fits much better than Lars ever managed to get it to. 
Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, this is probably a good 10 years before Lars even tried. Mm. This is the kind of thing that I can imagine someone like RZA sampling to use. Like he... Oh, okay. Obviously, he used a lot of funk and soul stuff, but some of his projects, he did had quite a lot of rock and roll stuff going on. And I could totally see him using this kind of guitar thing for something. Yeah, it would lend itself quite well to hip-hop, actually, yeah. Mm. The verse has Kiwi Carl singing and uh, the atmosphere kind of drops down a bit. I like that chromaticism in the uh, in the bass there. Mm. And it just sounds good. I, I'm pretty sure he plays a Stingray. I love a Stingray. They sound phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking at buying one recently and I saw the price. I was like, oh, yeah. oh no. That's why you get the OLP Tony Levin signature. Oh, I'll probably just, I've been thinking about getting another bass. I'll probably just get a P bass. You can't go wrong with it. Oh, you can. No, you can't. You can. Get a telly bass. No, because they, you look like a b- of a cunt. <laughs> Sting wannabe. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I kind of like, I'm, I'm growing to the telly bass. So I'm not going to lie. Oh, oh, I, I, I've always thought they looked not cool. And I stick with, with that. <laughs> well, you are the bass player. The, I saw uh, Anderson's have got a special on the Marcus Miller signatures. Oh, the sires. They've yeah. got them back in stock. They, they were out of stock for eight. It's just so much stock issues at the moment yeah. with guitar gear, whether it's guitars, amps, or pedals. It's you like, know, I found that actually recently with coffee grinders. I've, now I sound like pretentious white boy. Nah, man. It's like, My coffee grinder broke on Friday and it was like, holy moly. And then trying to find a replacement was just killer. I could not get a Boss chorus pedal. That's oh, it's like you know shit's hit the fan when you cannot get yeah. a Boss chorus pedal. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. The reason I was looking for it, I was like, oh, it's, it, someone's going to have one. No, no one has one. Ridiculous. I ended up buying a Dan Electro Fab chorus, which was twenty one pounds seventy pence. But you said it's pretty good, no? It's really good. Ugly as sin, but um, <laughs> most most Dan Electro stuff is though. Yeah, but it sounds. Really good. And for the price, it's like, like you want to see anyone who complains is an idiot because it's £21. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Um, Plus, it sounds great anyway, so. Well, exactly, yeah. The the tension is building and building through the verse before our lovely guitar brings us back. should have announced that that was like a, a little couple of seconds from each section of the verse. Mm. To be honest, I'd forgotten that I'd done that. So when I heard it skip, I was like, what's my computer doing? <laughs> what I do love is the fact that they didn't just kind of bring it up to a normal volume. They, like, they brought it up and then it was like, let's just make it so it's louder than everything. Yeah. And it's like, it's a slow fade as well. That's the other thing. Like, Go normally on. when you get those sort of fade ups, it's a very, it's not really very gradual at all it's like you know maybe like one phrase and then it's back in full volume but nope I'm just thankful that they didn't do the the uh, fake out fade out but but they fade in the guitar fade it back down again <laughs> exactly <laughs> and we've got a great chance for gang vocals the bridge does another rising motif 
And then we finish with hits and a double time groove, very like jam bandy kind of mm. finish, very live band kind of finish. Before we hear that, do you have notes? Not that we haven't really already covered, to be honest with no, you. No, just the um, Stingray, yeah. yeah. Stingray, Stingray. Okay, well, let's go for it. Russell is an incredible drummer. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty pretty good, eh? And the drums sound phenomenal. <laughs> like mm. I was just admiring the sound of the drums there. But anyway, anyway, that brings us to the end of side one. And Jake, ooh, you know what that means? I'm not as proud of the game show as I was for uh, Billy Nays here on the Waves episode. I don't think we're going to top that for a while. I think that was possibly yeah. the best game show we've had. I think so. Possibly that or the I Am Ian. I like that one as well. Yeah. I thought both that very, one was quite clever. Both very good. Yeah. So this game is called High School Dropout. Okay. And it's not, not about Kanye West, believe it or not. Disappointing. Um, yeah. So, Supergroup famously met and formed at high school. Your task is to decipher who these bands or who these high school bands might become. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. okay. So, now, Jake, obviously, you can see this ginormous wheel behind me, right? Absolutely. As, yeah. as ever. You remember like the London Eye, right? Yeah. Picture that, but bigger. And somehow fitting in this room. It's amazing. Yeah, that's all forced perspective, isn't it? It's really miles away and you've actually got an incredibly long arm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I had the council put it up and I would just annoy the whole of the like the town <laughs> yeah. when I reach out and give it a good old spin. Okay, so on there, I have placed the names of our ever-growing list of friends of the show. If you would like the chance for Jake or I to win you a... Sound Purchase Prize Pack, all you need to do is head over to our website, www.asoundpurchase.com forward slash F-O-T-S. Sign up to be a friend of the show. We don't bother you. We don't spam you. Basically, you get all of this cool stuff and you might get some cool prizes too. Jake, are we ready? We are ready. Okay. Here we go. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spin the wheel. You are playing for Clomo91. Hey. But you don't like them. No, I can't stand her. No. It's the prize that I will finally get my mouse mat. Yes. Yeah, this is right. And actually, on, on that note, there are some mouse mats that have gone up on our store, finally, and notebooks and stuff. Oh, the mouse mats have gone up? Yeah. I convinced you when we spoke about it last time. Yes. Yes. So as previously mentioned... 
I have uh, the Supergroove CD here. This was purchased uh, roughly somewhere, probably around 2001. I swear it was Nickelback that I was trying to haggle my dad into buying at the time. I've still got the Sounds Music Store price tag on at $24.95. The problem is nice. the, the cover has faded a little bit because it's been left out and, you know, oh well. I do want to just point out, Jake, mm. the lyrics for, for Can't Get Enough, which is a song we're about to cover. Mm-hmm. Can you see that? To the best of my knowledge, the above is accurate. Yes. And then it's just like a, a swirling... A big- like cyclone of all the words and you can't follow mm. it. <laughs> that tickled me, okay? Anyway. That's, it's fairly accurate, that's fair. This yeah. is probably the CD I've listened to the most apart from maybe Smash Mouth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love that Smash Mouth record, dude. You don't want me to do New Zealand records, you prepare yourself, man. We'll be doing Smash Mouth. I am so up for doing Smash Mouth. Yeah. It's an excuse for me to watch Mystery Men. Oh, so. yeah, exactly. So, Chloe, Jake needs to get a full six out of ten in order for you to win traction by Supergroove on CD. But we introduced a new rule last time we played. If Jake can run the gauntlet and get the full 10 out of 10, then you will also be receiving a sound purchase prize pack. Ooh. Yeah, namely probably a mouse mat. Maybe a mug. Maybe a oh, mug. we don't need any more mugs. I like the mugs. Oh, and we've got the new uh, Mellotron design out as oh, well. Oh, that's true, yeah. Yeah, you could get a Mellotron, Mellotron prize pack. Okay, are you ready, Jake? Always. Okay. Number one, the California skater, punker, scarers, sweet children. Did they become Real Big Fish, Sublime, or Green Day? Um, Green Day? Number two, Philadelphian R&B group, Unique Attraction. Was it Public Enemy? Boys to Men or Cypress Hill? Are, are any of them R&B other than Boys to Men? <laughs> That's got to be Boys to Men, right? Motown Philly back again. La 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 la. Yeah, they just added the new season of that on uh, Netflix. Yeah, oh, I know. I've been I need crying to... watching it, like laughing. My... Anyway, the Punkers. Tony Flo and the Miraculously Majestic Masters of Mayhem. I don't even know the options. I know this one. It's the Red Hot Chili Peppers. (laughs) Damn. Okay. All right. European rock band Feedback. Was it My Bloody Valentine, U2, or Tin Lizzy? Oh, I know it wasn't My Bloody Valentine. Feedback. I can see the edge coming up with like that as a name or something. <laughs> yeah, let's go you two. Okay. Yes. English rock band Obelisk. Oh. Was it The Cure? A Bauhaus? Or the Cult? I feel like I should have known I should know if it was the Cure or Bauhaus yeah, or any of them 
pretty sure the cult used to be like Southern Death Cult. I can't remember if they were Obelisk at any point before they were Southern Death Cult. The Cure. Nice. I was like, I'm pretty sure it came up when we were talking, like looking into The Cure. Quite possibly. Number six. Canadian rockers. Rush. The projection. The choices are. <laughs> Rush. Rush. The tragically hip. Rush. Or Nickelback. Rush. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. All right. Okay. This is a bit of a story, this one. The band Manic Subsidal formed in a California high school and was only completed when they recruited the school janitor to play rhythm guitar. Okay, so kids formed the band, but they still got the janitor to come play guitar for them. Was it The Offspring, Black Flag, or The Germs? Literally, I was thinking the germs. But once again, this is like totally something I can see the offspring doing. Black Flag, less so, which probably means it was them. Uh, I'm trying to think. Did uh, Henry Rollins talk about anything like that when we went to see him? No, he was just talking about how sad Lemmy was. <laughs> yeah. Way to yeah, crush pretty, an idol, Henry. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just after he died, wasn't it? I'm going to go with my initial sort of reaction and say the germs. Ah. It was the offspring. It was the offspring. Yeah. Sorry, Clomo91. Today is not your day. I mean, you've already won the CD, but no Mellotron prize pack. Shame. Yeah. Shame. Okay. Clara's Flowers were an LA band that became System of a Down, The Black Eyed Peas, or Maroon 5? Oh, I don't know. Let's say it was Maroon 5. Nice. Nice. This one I think you can get without me even giving you anything. And I, I put this in to anger you. Brit Poppers on a Friday. Brit Poppers. Ha! <laughs> Radiohead, head, obviously. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah. So I, I thought I'd need to give you a bit of a, a gimme there. Did I ever send you the thing of Johnny Greenwood has a flashback? No. Oh, I'm going to send that to you now. But you okay. asked the question, I'm going to find it. All right. Finally, a band called Suburbia. Was it OK Go, Tokyo Police Club, our friend Graham, or Born Ruffians? Let's say it was Graham. There's only one thing to do now. We better count up. Hey kids, it's time for counting with Bruce Springsteen. Hein, you got Hein, Jake. I got Hein. Yeah. One day I'll get ten, but uh, for now I'm happy with Hein. Hein. So, Clomo91, you better get in touch with us and. Uh, we can sort out getting you the CD. Mm. My mouse map. And my axe. 
So the next song then is Sitting Inside My Head. The track begins with just bass and voice. I walk around this town as buildings close and windows are boarded. Absolutely brilliant. The groove begins with a real wallop on the drums as well. When I hear a Really nice. The chorus is, well, catchy as... That gets stuck in my head for ages. Fair enough. And then the band run through the groove as a reintro. I quite like this where you just do like a, um, do a verse without any vocals. Quite a cool little move. Mm. There's some tasty bass happening. Nice. The vocals are pretty incredible as well, don't you think, Jake? Oh, they're incredible. So, exercising the benefit of my First Amendment rights, I would like to inform you that you're fired. Yep. Uh, another extended groove happens as well. And I'm not sure if you've seen the video. There's a black and white slow-mo shot. They're basically doing a Reservoir Dogs slow-mo shot. Is it all done in one take? No, 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 not this time, not this time. But it's um, like literally just them crossing the street, and I believe it's uh, Queen Street in Auckland. But it's all slow-mo and just looks super cool. I'm, I'm envious of how cool they look. Well, that's the end of my notes for that one. I don't really have a lot of notes for this one. Sort of reverse white limo syndrome. Previous track was much better, I think. Interesting. So you know, everyone I play this song for, they're like, oh, okay, all right. Even the aforementioned wife of mine. My wife. It's like, I don't want to listen to this album ever again after Scorpio Girls. And then I put this on. She's like, ooh, that's not bad. Really? Yeah. 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 This was like kind of the sleeper single. I was sort of just mad by it. Mm. <laughs> well... You haven't felt the full effects of the super duper groove. But it's fine, you know. He can do all of that with his voice, but it's fine. You're all fire. Anyway, we come to track eight. Can't get enough. This was like the big, big hit single. Right. I've got more notes for this song than I've ever done before in my life. Really? Yeah. Uh, so usually I get like one layer of notes, right? Yeah. I've got three layers of notes. <laughs> yeah. They're all they're right. all quick ones though. Okay. okay. I've got no long clip alerts in this episode, so that's good. So can't get enough. The intro sets a real funky groove. Supergroove. They're just too groovy. The groove changes and the guitar does some of the sleaziest slides you've ever heard. Skip, skip. 
The verse begins with some call and response gang vocals. Well, I was kind of a Again, total like uh, party vibe, I, I feel. Ready for the party, bro? They got rapping goodness in the verse. Well, actually, SpongeBob, uh, there's two words, and they're not very good. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> I have spent many hours practicing that line alone in my bedroom, not the SpongeBob one, the. Uh, <laughs> the Coming to bag and bringing them helping, you know. But did you catch the cheeky Yoko Ono in there? Well, yeah, because it's it's like the only really clear lyric in the thing. Okay, yeah, cool. <laughs> Some rascal horn lines keep happening in the verse as well. I love that. And then this one. Just so tasty. That's quite cool. That's, yeah. that's a cool line. Chorus is just full-on party mode. But the second verse is Kiwi Carl trying his hand at the rapping. Yeah, he's not as good as he. I always, I've always felt like they should have started with him and finished with Shafu. Don't start with the stronger. No. Because that's not what people remember. People remember, Yeah. oh, that was bad. Yeah. I mean, this song gets really popular. Everybody's like, oh my God, Shafu and Carl sitting there going... Actually, then we come to a new voice. We haven't heard this one yet, Jake. Having an abundance of platonic relationships, reminiscent of my man, Mike Plato. Well, that voice belongs to a bloke called Mark Perry, who was a voice actor from all over New Zealand radio and television. He was effectively the New Zealand equivalent of the inner world guy. I swear I've heard him doing stuff, though. Like, not, not in New Zealand, but outside of Oh, quite possibly. New Zealand. In uh, 2015, Supergroove responded to a tweet asking who Mike Plato actually was. And they replied, it was actually just Plato, but we thought it would be funny to call him Mike. And all of a sudden, the fact that they were 20 when they recorded this, (laughs) it kind of like makes so much sense. Yeah. That's the fact someone's probably spent 20 years pondering. It's like, who the fuck is Mike Plato? It's like, yeah. And I just, I do like with Carl's verse as well, the couldn't get another, couldn't get another hiccups. I love the way they fall back into the groove from there. The second chorus is double in length, although the second time through features only drums and vocals, and we get a really good feel for Russell's drumming here. That's some super slick drumming. Mm. The bridge has both front men trading off their lines. I see that's more run DMC. Yeah. But we can't turn back because we've gone too far. We have to turn back though. We, we can't leave them. They've got an even better call though. <laughs> yeah. The ending features. Gang vocals and just, again, a great guitar tone. Hey everyone, I'm Rick Beato. Everybody, I'm Rick Beato. Yeah, the backing vocals are uh, Jeff's Kiss. Yeah.
once again, kind of cheese on toast with that ba-doom, boom, boom kind of ending. But I love it. Yeah. Well, and those BVs are just so Jake Brown. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of monotone drone, but so good. <laughs> okay. So we've had total, total party and can't get enough. And now it's time to bring you right down. Ah. An interesting slower song on the record, for whatever reason, does its best to kill the party vibe. Ready for the party, bro? I don't mind that they've put a slower song on, but did they have to make it five minutes long? (laughs) Well, you know what they say, Jake. Here comes the super groove in For Whatever Reason. For whatever reason. Most of the song is guitar, bass and vocals with the guitar throwing in some greasy slides. God, that's greasy. <laughs> but man, oh man, tell me this, and we've already t- spoken about coffee today, but man, those Kiwis love their coffee, don't they? <laughs> Maybe we could have coffee. Cafe. Sometimes a hot cup of French roast amaretto is just what a man needs to get him through the day. That smooth aroma and mild taste is what makes Tweed Coffee so very special. Special, like an Arizona sunrise or a juniper wet with dew, a light rain in the middle of dusty afternoon, or a hug from your dear old aunt. The bridge releases all of the build-up tension. And I love you more, more, more. That's my notes, aside from they did release a remix of this as a bit of a single, and it was actually quite cool because they added like drums and stuff in there. So what are you doing on Friday? Well, that's automatically that feels a lot better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> exactly. Like if even if they did the just the guitar for like the first verse, but then brought the drums in, that would be way more acceptable. But I'm not even going to put this as a contender. This is the worst song on the album. Uh, um, well, it's a good song, but yeah, it kind of brings brings the album down hugely. So although I feel like it serves a purpose, it's too long, and. To me, at least, it's like, man, just drop it. Yeah. <laughs> leave, leave them be. Yeah, Stop exactly. That's, and I'm glad you picked up on that, because <laughs> I, even I was feeling like, no means no, Shay. No means no. Yeah. So it's a good song. It's a great song, but it just mainly just ticks along. I mm. feel like that's added to serve a higher purpose, though. I had to have a little chuckle there because as soon as anyone says, I feel like in my head, it just automatically finishes it off with like chicken tonight. Uh, <laughs> I feel like every, chicken every tonight. Every time, can't help it. <laughs> now I said, I, I feel like it served a, <laughs> I feel like it served a uh, higher purpose. And that was the total white limo syndrome leading into You Freak Me. And I feel like the whole purpose of having that song there was to cleanse the palate and get you ready or maybe completely throw you off the scent for this song coming up. So this is a hugely personal song for me because, well, you freak me, Jake, you do. But my scar band in high school covered the song and obviously, as we said, we made a bit of a name for ourselves so much that we were invited to meet Shay himself. Did you catch where that one was from? Robocop. 
good man. Uh, <laughs> but the intro to this is absolutely massive. All the chromaticism. Mm. Once again, Beastie Boys. Yeah. Yeah. Now now that you say that, that's all I can hear. Yeah. 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 Well, the thing is as well is that the guitar part isn't difficult, but it sounds really cool. Mm. It's literally chromatics on G. That's the joy of chromaticism. Exactly. (laughs) Literally could not be easier other than staying on the same note. Yeah, exactly. The pre-chorus doubles down on that chromaticism though. And the pre-chorus ends with this tag that launches us into like a full-blown bluesy refrain. That's definitely harmonica in this one. Mm. Yeah. Is there like an octave effect on the guitar? Either that or, or they just, just layered it up. Mm. Yeah. I think the bass is following the guitar as well. Verse 2 has a great intro back into the verse. Love that little stutter. Yeah. He's not quite as like egregious on the on the Kiwi accent in this song. No, it's present, no, no. but it's not as like in your face. Mm. The bridge triples down on all the chromaticism. Well, doesn't it get to a point where they, some of them are still doing a run down when the other ones then have already started looping back and you get this uh, yeah. really cool thing where it's all slightly off from each other. Exactly. And then the bridge makes way for a raucous, raucous rap. From Shafu. So good. Mm. We just end on a long note, really, and and that's that for this song. Yeah. Yeah. Well, any other way to end it, really? No. Nice. So this brings us to the last song on the record. And I've, I, before you say, I just want to say it's very brave of them to have ended on a cover of Temporary Secretary. Um, you know, it was... Uh... <laughs> I hate that song um, so much because... Have I, have I ever told you about this? I don't know if we've ever talked about Temporary Secretary. Okay, so I went to see Macca live... Mm. With my uh, with my wife. My wife. He didn't play Jet, right? He didn't play Jet. He didn't play Jet, and that was the one song I was so excited to see him play. Oh man! But he played Temporary Secretary, and he put up like this big deal about how awesome Temporary Secretary was. We're gonna do a song for you now, and you know it's an oldie, but it's a goodie. And so these two young guys in front of me, they were like losing their minds because he was playing temporary secretary and I was sat there just going you didn't even play jet you know (laughs) don't come at me with this temporary secretary bull I love temporary secretary man it's Joe um, Joe's band collect cool do a cover of it (sighs) anyway but yeah they didn't end it with temporary secretary Um, yeah because they're cowards 
we're all cowards, too scared to do a cover of Temporary Secretary on our albums. The intro is unlike any other on this record. It's like 15 seconds of just complete silence. It's almost like a hidden track that hasn't got the balls to be a hidden track. Not quite silence. It's kind of got like that leftover bit of like flanger going on with the, just some background hum going through it. Well, does it? I've never noticed. Yeah, man. It's, um, it's subtle. It's quiet. It's very quiet. Yeah, there you go. The intro kicks in for reels and sets up a fairly big groove. Once again, Stuart Copeland stealing all of his ideas from Spyro. <laughs> Disgraceful. On to you, Stuart. The verse features some low-key yet amazingly great vocals from Shea Fu. You're fired. You're fired. Vocals shoot up an octave at the end of the verse. Then the pre-chorus drops to just vocals and organ. And is that bass as well? Mm. It sounds like a double-tracked bass, like one of them sounds really slinky. Then we get a dynamic shift into the chorus. Nice. Nice. Shafu's vocals on this track are just fire, though. Get it? Get it? Uh, uh. I, I, I see where this is going. You're fired. <laughs> I had to save the best one for last. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, seriously, look, listen to this. Ah, oh, so good. The bridge is a chorus that has no vocals, which is, again, is a really kind of cool move. I don't think many people do that anymore. It's something people reserve it for like an ending, don't they? As opposed to an actual... I guess yeah, so, rather yeah. Rather middle eight. Yeah. Well, it's what Brainiac would do, so... Well, exactly, exactly. But anyway, so then we end up on a, just a big rung-out chord and that finishes this platinum-selling record... 70,000 units. A very, very, very influential record for me. Mm. Now to be owned by you and your wife. Look at that. Amazing. <laughs> Let's hear this one out. Beautiful. Beautiful. We come to that part of the podcast where we have a series of questions to ask. And to answer. So mm. let's start. Jake, what was your favourite track? It's a bit of a struggle. Uh, either Bugs and Critters or Don't Look Down or You You Freak Me. I probably ended up, I ended up settling on You Freak Me. It's a great, yeah. great song. I'm going to assume based on what you've said about it, same. Uh, no, I went for Your White Shirt. <laughs> your oh, White really? Shirt, yeah. <laughs> specifically, and I mean like very, very specifically from that... Horn riff, the uh, back into the chorus, that dynamic shift, the whatever they do to the EQ there, it just gets me every time. And I'm like, hook, line, and sinker. No, oh, that's fair. That's fair, man. Okay. Who would you like to do a cover of one of these songs? Uh, some anger era Metallica to do Bugs and Critters. Or Don't Look Down? Yeah, or Don't Look Down. Yeah. No, um, on a serious note, probably Beastie Boys to do 
once again, bugs and critters, to be honest with you. I think they'd probably do a really good job of it. That's a very good shout. I went even more obvious than that, right? And it's obviously got to be the 2009 era Charm School Rejects covering. <laughs> you freak me. <laughs> obviously. Obviously. <laughs> obviously. So a suggestion for an album that's kind of similar. I mean, this I, this felt a bit of a cop-out, but um, I don't care. Red Hot Chili Peppers, the Uplift Mofo Party Plan. Oh, nice. I went for Real Big Fishes, Monkeys for Nothing and Chimps for Free. Nice. nice. Yeah. I was thinking someone with horns, party vibe. Party boy. Well, we're going to tempt fate here. I mean, I, I kind of already know what you're going to say. So do you rank this in your top 10? I don't believe in fun, so it, unfortunately, Stefan, no. No, it's not in my top 10. Outrageous. I'm going to go out on a limit and assume it's right up there for yours. <laughs> um, right <laughs> Maybe up not there, number one, but... Uh, yeah, right up there would be fairly good guess because I put it into second. Oh. Above Midnight Oil, believe it or not. Um, right, and mate. it was a really tough call between this and friendship. Like I, I literally, wow. had, I had to sit down and debate it to myself. And then you listened to friendship, and then you went, "Oh no, friendship." Well, I think there's just a couple. Like there's contextually, there's things that really upset me about this album. Obviously, most obvious one is the you know, you're fired. Friendship is the better album. There's a lot more going on for it. But this is basically like in my blood at this point. This is something I go back to at least, you know, once every month. That's fair. And we'll listen to. I love, yeah. A lot of the music that I make and a lot of the, the way that I play music is just down to this album, which. Well, yeah, yeah it, it shows. Yeah. Actually, yeah, that you're. Bear with me, I'm just amending the next record we're doing to be McCartney 2. Oh, don't. Um, don't. <laughs> don't. Although it would be very fun to hear Steve Ashton come back and, and talk to us about McCartney's solo career because he just famously like absolutely slates it all the time. It's funny. He's, it's so, so There are people who turn around and say, Paul McCartney's possibly the best songwriter of all time. And then there are people who say, he's a talentless hack. Uh, and it's just amazing um, how divisive he is. I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't say he's talentless. Like, even though I don't believe in talent, but like I think I I think he wrote like most of the Beatles good stuff. Mm, I I feel like he's a little bit better than John Lennon. Oh, for sure, for sure. You know, in terms of what he put forward for the Beatles. But then, you know, my favorite Beatles always George. Nothing's topping Octopus Garden in my book, Ringo for Life, but uh Yeah. Yeah. You know. Ringo. Um <laughs> so last question then. And again, I kind of have a feeling what you're going to say. <laughs> well, I've got a new rule in place, so no, I'm you can't, bound you can't by do the rule. That. That's, that's just not in the spirit of things. Because <laughs> then, then I basically have to sit there and go, well, anything British, no, no way. Yeah, but only obscure New Zealand acts. So if you were to go around and pick, you know. Um, Super Groover in the New Zealand Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, mate. So Yeah, the New Zealand Rock and Roll yeah, so they're not that obscure. Right, go around Brighton and ask if you had a super groove and see how many people you get saying. I guarantee yes. you, I'll get one person going. 
you know someone's gonna do it for sure there's too many kiwis mm. in Brighton so that is true that is true well is Supergroove's traction from 1994 the platinum album 70,000 units my second best rated album that we've ever studied mm. unofficially because obviously we know the Mollusk is right at number one still oh, obviously obviously, obviously. Yeah. but is it a sound purchase I wouldn't buy it, no, no. But it's it's not my kind of thing that I would sit down and listen to, is it? You know me. I'd much rather listen to something like Temporary Secretary or... It's not my jam. It's not my jam. That's definitely not your bag, baby. It's not my bag, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a, a super groove, how to groove manual. <laughs> no, that's right. You and your super groove. Yeah. This sort of thing is my bag, baby. I don't have that book. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely say you should purchase it because, well, my father purchased it in 2001, 20-odd years ago. I purchased it last year on vinyl, on the repress, and I paid an arm and a leg for the shipping, but it was goddamn worth it. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. And I, you know, I've got quite a few friends that I probably would recommend it to, but for me personally, I, I wouldn't. Do you know what happens now? This is the same as what happened last year with Midnight Oil. <laughs> is I spend the next couple of months getting really angry and shooting all of your stuff down. I mean, feel free to shoot down the next one. I picked that. I, I think that was a suggestion or a request. Fair enough. I get the impression that you're going to be unfair towards the Osmonds because of this. And I don't <laughs> feel that they deserve mm. it. I don't mm. feel the Osmonds deserve that. I hold myself to a higher standard than that, Jake. That's I've fair. got a lot of personal history and family history with the Osmond, Osmonds. <laughs> and, um, None of it good. None we, good. Shall, we shall go through that in a couple of weeks' time. But, yeah. But, you know, well, we've got, we've got some big ones coming up, though, haven't we? We've got uh, Rush. Yeah, baby. You know, Living Colour. I'm just waiting for you to sit there and shoot Rush down the whole time. It's unbelievable. <laughs> uh, I, I don't want to get, you know, doxxed or something by putting bad words about Rushed up on the internet. Their fans are nutters. <laughs> yeah, they're almost the equivalent of Star Wars fans, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not going to say anything bad about Rush on the internet. Yeah. mental. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look at that. Just before 100, we're doing, uh, doing a Muse album. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. Nice. We've got to get that compilation of uh, Inhales. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. To be frank, I've picked a load of albums that I've never even listened to. Why? Because people ask me to put, to pick them. They ask me, can you do um, this Brian Eno album? Who asked you to do that? Sleeves. He wanted to said you should do a Brian Eno album. So I said, you know what, Sleeves? That's a good shout. We should do a Brian Eno album. You should tell Sleeves to put it official on the goddamn Instagram. Well, we were talking podcasts. So I was giving him ideas for his. He was giving me ideas for mine. Yeah, fair enough. But um, fair enough. I was like, yeah, actually, that's a really good shout. We've spoken about Brian Eno quite a lot, as mm. a, obviously as a producer and engineer. Why the hell haven't we done a Brian Eno album? Because there's only so much music for airports you can listen to. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. In a good way, you know. So what have you been up to while I've been away, Brian? Well, I've been working on a piece of music, actually, David. <laughs> if you don't like it, I'll use it on one of my weird albums. 
And then what else have I picked? I have, I have still haven't picked the Poly 6 album I want to do. I no. started going through a thing where I was thinking, man, I need to try and focus less on some less Anglo-centric music. So if anyone's got any suggestions for any Anglo-centric bands, yeah. please hit us up. And when I say that, I don't just mean someone like ABBA, who's, you know, I want music that's not in English, basically. Bjork. I'm not a massive Bjork fan. Yeah, what um, about Seether? What about Seether? They're from Seethifrika. Right. And they're basically Nirvana light. Do they, do they sing in English? Uh, well, as as English as the South African accent can be, <laughs> from time Shots to time. Fired. Yeah. Shots fired. <laughs> uh. <laughs> That's all right. When they beat the All Blacks in the rugby, then they can have me. So. <laughs> Didn't they do that once before? Oh yeah, they're current world champions. <laughs> yeah, providing the bands, you know. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, there's only one thing for it. Would a coward? Do this. I am Stefan. And this was a sound purchase. A podcast that does a deep dive to explore iconic recording. You can show your appreciation for the episode when you like us, review us, share us and subscribe to us. Each engagement makes this effort all the more worthwhile. The best way to grow the podcast is by word of mouth. Support is appreciated. Check the show notes and up-to-date top tens list and other musings at asoundpurchase.com. Engage with us on social media under the handle Sound Purchase Pod. You can support us by getting yourself a Sound Purchase t shirt, hoodie, mug, or stickers by going to a soundpurchase.com forward slash shop. episodes of the Sound Purchase are available at all of your favourite podcast platforms. <laughs> Why not subscribe to be a friend of the show? Where you'll be able to gain access to a hidden corridor of our website that contains exclusive blog posts, the Hall of Top Tens, <laughs> Special for the Friends of the Show merch. And soon it will feature bonus parts where Jake can turn me down again. Subscribe now at asoundpurchase.com forward slash FOTS. That's asoundpurchase.com forward slash FOTS. Most importantly, if unlike Jake, you have enjoyed the sounds that you've heard on today's episode, go to your local record store to pick up a copy of Supergroove's Traction. Support local business and artists.